All right. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Path to Millionist podcast. I am Ryan Fellman, also known as Path to Millionist, and I am joined here by Swift, also known as Praetorian Swift, right? Yes. All right. So I know a little bit about your background. I know you've um, you got some law enforcement, and uh, I think you were a, a firearms dealer for um, a number of years. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody else um, who you are? Sure. Cool. Okay. Uh, Mr. Swift, it's a pen name. Um, just to protect my family. Um, also, a uh, paramedic, long time ago, um, about 20 years, law enforcement, uh, certified, covered two different states over that time period. I was the FFL, a federal firearms license holder, dealer, for about 12 years. Um, had to give that up for just a little bit, uh, just because I was switching careers. Um, back in school, about to graduate with a bachelor's another bachelor's in uh, business administration and probably will continue with a graduate degree in economics. Hey, that was my degree. Um, I, I, I make it to master's oh, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> other than that, uh, father of five, married husband, Christian, um, not a counselor, uh, but I'm certified in critical incident stress debriefing uh, for individuals and groups um, just because of my own personal experiences with PTSD um, so I try to help out when and where I can. Um, so I'm also on a police advisory board, um, an elected official, uh, in another capacity as well. You are a man of many hats. Something like that. So with all that in mind, um, do you regularly get like seven to eight hours of sleep? Or I mean, I don't know how your time frame is. <laughs> uh, in the depths of my PTSD, I was probably getting maybe three hours of sleep. Wow. Uh, but now I sleep pretty damn well. Um, yeah. you know, we try to be, in, I try to have all the kids in bed, um, bring them to bed, probably about eight thirty nine o'clock. Um, you know, finish the day, maybe a 30, 40 minute, um, decompress, you know, um, yeah. um, cap all, uh, with my wife. And then we, you know, sack out and then I get up at five, five every morning. That sounds about like my schedule, actually. So you yeah. gotta get up early. I don't know how she can get stuff done with all these kids running around. Oh, I, know, <laughs> that's, I know. That's how you get ahead of them. Well, oh, get ahead of them or make sure they're not killing people. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. Yeah. Um, wow. So there's a lot to handle there. So I, I, I kind of just want to jump right into this. Normally, it's a little bit more casual, but I think with what's going on right now, this is really interesting, and a lot of people are nervous and worried. Um, my thoughts are this is something that's pretty unique to most people and it's, and it's causing a lot of fear because they don't understand it. So I actually expect everyone listening here and watching this to, um, to feel better by the end of this because it'll maybe, maybe they won't feel like things are going to be great right away, but they'll feel more informed. And I think a little education goes a long way in helping this fear subside. So first thing I want to know is, um, are the masses overreacting or are we underreacting to the virus and its effects? Uh, through my networks, um, which covers civilians to, you know, military guys to other governmental um, pers personnel. Um, it's, it's broken. It's, it's different no matter where you're at. Right. Uh, from East Coast, West Coast, Northern border, Southern border. Um, it's, it's different, but it's, it's the same. Um, you know, cause a tornado in Florida is not the same as a tornado in Arkansas. 
um, you know, reactions are different. Um, the communities are different. Cultures are different. Um, to whether to, if us as an American society is either over or underreacting, to me, it's the wrong question. Okay. Um, so That's I would say, <laughs> right, right, right. So um, given my, again, um, medicine's my family as well as law enforcement. So, um, you know, I've got a cousin who's a doctor. He's the head of um, an ER department in another northern state. Um, he's also runs the residency program. So he's, you know, it's medicines in the family. So is law enforcement. Um, it, it's hard to really pinpoint it, but um, as long as people are cautious, um, which really should be a, a common sense thing right. every single day. Um, Cause you know, when I was a kid, you know, I'm not sure exactly how far apart you and I are in age, but you can eat dirt, you know, uh, it, it yeah. give you stomach ache. Um, now I fear, um, especially up here in Colorado, uh, just because of how our um, military testing facilities used to be up here, you know, Rocky Flats, um, how they had nuke shit here, right. you know, uh, the Rocky Mountain Arsenal on the other side of Denver. Um, they had some some weird stuff in the dirt up here. So given that, and then the clay is not so, so deep, you know, and clay holds on to stuff, uh, no matter what, I don't care who you are. Um, it, it, it holds on to stuff. Um, but you know, germs and, and bacteria, and there's some weird stuff out there. And given the fact of the, the antibiotic soap rage in the late nineties, um, right. has created some weird stuff too. Just common sense. Um, I had a mentor tell me one time uh, in law enforcement, he goes, Hey, common sense is not common. Also common sense is a curse because then you got to deal with everyone else who doesn't have nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds about right. Um, so, I mean, the way I'm taking it is uh, I think in some ways and in some places people are overreacting and then in, in other places, I think you're in, in, you and I have like a similar situation where it hasn't really affected your day-to-day -day life too much in Colorado yet. Right. Not my personal, right. uh, my neighbors, yes, because um, okay. they can't go out. I again, because of some of some of the hats I, I don't say that I have right. to wear or that I do wear, um, I'm considered critical personnel. Okay. So I still have to get out and about. Uh, I still maintain my certain days off, which is why I'm still available to do this. Um, but I have to still get out and about. And and um, the weirdest thing when my supervisor gave me my sheet of paper and like the hell is this? He goes, use your bona fides to get around in case you get stopped. And I'm like, the fuck are we at? This isn't Berlin. This isn't, you know, fuck my yeah. papers. Yeah. It, but again, that's just personal. I have some, due to my studies of history, I, I don't like, I don't like that, but I also understand it. I don't like it. I'm, I'm with you on that. I never would have thought I would handle, I mean, I think it depends on what state you're in. So it's funny because I'm in Tennessee and basically we're two weeks behind like the bigger areas like New York and Illinois where it's here, but people aren't really panicked yet. They just shut down restaurants and bars and gyms um, the last couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not really upset about them shutting this stuff down. I think it makes some sense. But, you know, if you'd asked me a year ago, I would have probably been pretty upset about it because I, I lean fairly libertarian. I think you got to let the people do what they want to do. So. Um, I mean, in in effect, I think some of these states, especially like California and New York, are essentially in a soft form of martial law. I mean, would you say that's accurate? 
I would. I would. Um, I do have some friends over there on that side, um, the West Coast. Right. And, um, yeah, he, he, they're like, we're, yeah, we're kind of ordered to, you know, enforce this soon-to-be curfew. And I'm like, well, where are you going to put them? I, I don't think they were even yeah. taking them in. They just, they're just finding them, right? Well, they're finding them unless they start resisting, which is okay. every time you get law enforcement involved, right. there's going to be some, some faction, some small percentage who are going to, you know, tell the cops, you know, you pig and F you and, da, 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 and they're sure. going to get, you know, it, it happens. It all, it all has always happened. Um, but whether the law enforcement officers were there to really take anybody to jail or not, someone's going to have that big mouth. Um, and when you shoot that thing off, you got to pay the consequence. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where, where I'm at. It, um, I've kind of noticed like a, a lesser police presence. I, I feel like they're kind of hunkering down and avoiding, um, interaction, which uh, social distancing, right? It makes sense that oh, unless yeah. there's something important, like they sh- probably should be avoiding people. So, um, you know, it's, it's hard for me to even like fathom what's going on in California. It's, it's so far away from here and it's so different than what's going on. Um, oh, yeah. Well, all right, let's, let's think, um, what, what can the average person do today? What's the one thing that they need to do today that they're not thinking about? Uh, hopefully they have at least some minor preparations. Yeah. Um, I say stockpile, stockpile is, you know, a, a, a term that makes some, <laughs> someone think of, you know, oh, I got a room, nothing but ammo, that's, not, that's, that's <laughs> a cash, but whatever. Um, but, you know, some at least minor your minor um, preparations, which um, yeah, without getting too much in the weeds, right? you know, back in the, um, what, five years, four years after 9-11, when FEMA put out the National Preparedness Month thing, you know, your normal things, have at least three days worth of stuff for every single person in your house, including your dog, um, you know, those type of, of preparations are what I would call that everyone should be at least have had done right currently what I've run into so far in the last three weeks here that people forget or are choosing not to consider is uh, the criminal element. Uh, Criminals don't stop no matter what's going on. Um, I just got a a pictogram from the who um, the world health organization. Um, Again, not to pick a side, but they still put out some certain get information and they're trying to um, educate and bring awareness back up to the criminal element, the phishing scams, the telephone, the emails, the, you know, the prince of Nigeria is using this money. We'll send you that type of scam. It happened. It happened. Um, crap. After almost everything I've been involved in Katrina, um, I had, I'd go down to Haiti twice um, in two years after hurricanes, um, earthquakes, um, tornadoes, something big or bad. It always brings somebody, hey, if if we do this out, we we can fish and get some cash. You know, people forget that. And they want to help because their heart's in a good spot. Their minds can do it. They have either some financial, you know, even if it's 10, 15 bucks, you know, they're going to take your money. Right. Wow. I think people forget that quickly. It's it's interesting you went to like – I guess you call them like white collar crimes. Like I, I didn't expect fishing to be like a, a top hit. You know, when I think of um, my big concern is with these, um, all these restaurants and stuff closing, a lot of people are going to be out of, out of work, which a week or two is no big deal. But once you go around right. 30 days, when you, you guys start paying rent and other bills, 
you know, that's when the criminal element comes to mind. But, you know, I, I thought it'd be more people going around trying to steal food or trying to steal um, jewelry, money, stuff like that. I never thought like fishing would be one of the top hits. Is, is that a more yeah. common concern or is that just something we're not thinking about? It's always there, um, no matter what you have. Again, because to me personally, the way I um, um, compare um, these type of criminals is to kind of like water electricity. They always go with path of least resistance. If I don't have to put too much effort into it, sure. you know, bang out an email, you know, pay their little bit of money to whatever um, mail server you want to do and just start blasting emails. It's not that hard to get a hold of now since, well, without getting too involved in it, it's easy to get anybody's emails yeah. for a geographical area. And then boom, you've got a quick blast, you know, even if, half a percent of what you send out sends back that's more money than you had to begin with started two hours earlier yeah and it's then it's still a crime yeah yeah and i mean now more than ever i mean people are going to need that money uh, and there's, there's more people that are either out of work or fearing that they're out of work right. um and up it, here they're starting to be the real concern because people are starting to be out of job and they're looking at maybe mid-may even going back to work yeah. you know yeah. Um, and, and I think the that, likelihood that's going to be longer, it's, it's more, more likely than it'll be shorter than that. Oh yeah. And the unemployment office here in Colorado crashed four times that first day. Wow. Well, that says something. So, right. Yeah. Um, you know, back to, back to supplies. Um, people are forgetting the criminal element. So, I mean, take that for what you will. Um, Legally speaking, you're looking at picking up some kind of a firearm or something, most likely. I think there's a lot of first-time firearm buyers right now, and um, I, I've noticed some questions online, and I don't even you know, have a professional background in this. I just, I'm an enthusiast, I guess. But, right. you know, what, um, what do you tell the guys that say, like, hey, I want to pick up a firearm, like, what direction do I go? What's your purpose? What's, what's your, I don't want to say intent because that's, it's not the right time to ask for intent. So sure. what's your purpose? Are you going to carry it every day? Is it going to be in the house? Are you going to leave it in your car? Is it going to be a truck gun? Um, right. You know, it, do you want it to be able to, you know, if you're not there, can your wife pick it up? So what's the, what's the purpose behind what you're wanting to get? And then I will help guide a certain way. Yeah. Um, I, I don't ever just go, you know, someone goes, Hey, what do you, what do you, what should you, what should I carry? I just go, here you go. Here's your card. I don't, I don't do that. Cause I, I want to know more. Right. Um, well, if, if I just, if I do that, I'm not a good, I'm not a good, um, farms dealer. I'm not a good instructor. You know, I'm not even a good, I'm not a holistic person. If I just go, here's your card, you know, go pick this. There's no one size fits all solution. I mean, everyone's a different oh, size, right. different, different size of hands, even, you know, um, right. I, I struggle holding like the smaller guns. My pinky doesn't quite fit on them sometimes. So, right. uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, back to the, like the food preparation, like, are, are you still seeing hoarding over in Colorado where you're at, where people are like at the grocery stores? Are they, are they running out of certain items? Hoarding? No. Running out of, running out of things? Yes, they are. Um, I do have a associate of mine who works for a larger what's the, this, uh, distribution chain. So yeah. their company actually supplies all the grocery stores and they're like, we're not even, we're not getting everything in that we used to. Um, and that's just because other certain states don't or have not declared transportation or truck drivers 
essential or critical personnel, so they can't go to work. Jesus. Again, that's it, again because you're, now you're looking at at interstate commerce, right? Um, and certain states don't don't or didn't declare that. And I could be wrong, and hopefully I am wrong. But I know last time I talked to this person, which was probably about a week and a half ago, a week now, they weren't in certain states. Now others they are, and they are still trucking, you know, supplies across state lines. Um, yeah. Here in Colorado, the biggest one is King Supers, which is a uh, Cobra. Um, division they're getting their supplies but they're not lasting very long yeah um, i mean they've got uh, we have a plethora i went yesterday they have a plethora of milk um toilet paper is very very scarce you know the another non, non-perishables are, are gone uh, the perishables are pretty much all local anyways so they're coming in as fast as they can um right. and i don't know why it's funny too well to me it's funny but i'm weird um you know the whole freaking um whatever that's called partridge deal type deal was full of uh, jalapenos. <laughs> you know, I love jalapenos. You know, uh, my wife's Mexican. So we have jalapenos on everything. Um, and then I went over and then the frozen deal, no one was taking the good. Um, to me, it's good, but the, the cheap, the cheap ass bacon, uh, yeah. I, make, I make jalapeno poppers still every freaking week. Um, <laughs> but those were still there, but like some of the other stuff wasn't there. No, all the seafood was still there, but again. Yeah, I noticed the same thing. Um, like the beef was getting bought up, except like Wagyu beef patties were not getting bought. So like another a little bit more expensive, but I, I think people were thinking of Wuhan when they saw Wagyu oh. and they weren't buying. I don't know, but um, fish is still common. So like there's, there's protein. Um, one thing that really kind of threw me was that the canned goods were getting hit pretty good, but like those little Vienna sausages that come in the cans, they're like I super cheap. I love them too. They're great. They're not exactly healthy for you, but they're good. And like all my kids will eat them. So they're perfect. Yeah. Those don't are like. Don't ever mix them with spam. Don't ever mix it with Velveeta. Don't. <laughs> I, don't I don't mix anything with Velveeta. Oh. <laughs> those are everywhere. And, and like those will last, what, years? I, you know, I thought it was funny. Some of the like people were buying out ground beef. And yeah, it's good to stock up on ground beef. Man, what if we got a storm? What if the power goes out? Yeah. There goes all the, you're going to lose like, what, hundreds of dollars worth of beef? Yeah, I had a, I had a, um, a, a friend of a friend type thing uh, call me up and goes, hey, I, I just bought four cases of MREs. I'm like, what are you going to do with those, man? He's like, oh, I'm going to eat them. I go, I go, okay, you're not a vet. You're not, you don't have any other background. You don't, you don't know. Yeah. MREs one a day. Don't eat two or more a day. Right. Why not? I go, did you get fiber? No. Go back and get fiber. <laughs> You're, I don't think your gut can handle it. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a big thing. Get food that your body is used to eating, you know, especially if you're going to be in like the stress state where you're worrying about things. So, or at least know what you're eating. I mean, like not just you know taste good, like know what you're eating. Yeah. Um, up here, we had a bunch of wildland fires a couple of years ago, um, and they have. I didn't know this until that that week that the wildland fire guys have their own type of MRE. Really, but the calorie content is way super high, and they get like one a day. And um, some other cop buddies of mine like crank down two in a day, and I'm like, "What's in that?" He's like, "Oh, it's just an MRE." I'm like, "That's not just an MRE. What is in that?" And he told me, "I flipped it over. I'm like, 3,700 calories." He's like, "Oh, he's in two of these. Hey, two of them. 
He's like, well, I was hungry. I'm like, you need some, there's jalapeno, you know, jalapeno cheese bread in that. <laughs> no. I'm like, oh, go fucking had a mule, man. <laughs> I think the guys that live in like the wildfire areas or hurricane zones, they're a little bit more prepared for this because they understand like the whole uh, preparing mindset. You know, I used to live down the Gulf Coast. So okay. um, I, I had some like extra food like that. I had a, a couple MREs and uh, little things like that. I was used to going to the store. Um, you know, and one of the biggest lessons I learned from living in hurricane zone was you don't go when the hurricane's going to hit you. You go when you hear about the hurricane. Cause yeah. everyone just assumes that it's not going to be a problem here. So, right. um, you know, having an economics background and, and uh, paying attention to some of this stuff with that kind of a mindset, I've been able to pay attention to this and kind of get ahead of some of these people on some things. So oh, yeah. as soon as this thing touched California and I'm in Tennessee, so I'm pretty far from there. I'm like, right. well, it's, it's gotta be coming here next. So I went to the store and stocked up on a few things, nothing crazy. I missed the toilet paper though. I got like one case of toilet paper. I'm like, that'll be enough. I had no idea that was going to be a problem. No, <laughs> you no. know, the, the funny thing with the toilet paper is like, I, I don't, I don't understand it. One, people need to work on their diets because I don't know how much toilet paper you're going through. But two, I mean, if you can time your shower with your, your bowel movements, you don't need as much toilet paper as you think. Right. That's one, that's one thing I've learned through this whole lesson. So I'm, I'm hoping that by the end of this thing, people are going to start you know, accepting the whole, you know, preparedness movement. I know it gets lumped in with like the doomsday preppers and people think you're a psychopath, but look what everyone's using right now. N95 masks, they want to buy yeah. guns. There's like a long waiting list online for ammo. You know, it, well, it even makes... Here, even here, the, the wait, the wait. So um, uh, CBI, Colorado Bureau of Investigation, bumped up their um, online background checks to really? pretty fast a couple of years ago. I mean, okay. pretty fast. Like if, when I was, when I was still doing it, I could probably crank out a background check in maybe eight minutes. Yeah. I um, believe it. Well, uh, I just talked to another dealer buddy of mine, uh, Friday uh, and he's like four days. I'm like, he's like, no, four days. I'm like, it, Holy crap. Is it the federal part that's getting bogged down? Yeah. Where they're getting so many calls. Yeah. Well, Cause that happened during well, like, the Obama well, era too, a couple of times. It did. It, it, he was the yeah. best firearm salesman ever, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the CBI website, we it's 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 a, a protected private website. We contact them. We type the crank in their information, <clears throat> hit submit. It cranks back. You know, not even eight minutes, five minutes later, um, and then I put the numbers down, and then the person's approved or disapproved. Um, but that that was pretty much it. Their their databases that the state um, kicks into to double everything else, um, without getting too much in the weeds again, is uh, some health records. Not a whole lot of them. Just certain you know hits or whatever else, and then the federal stuff, and then to see if um, there was talk whether it was going to or not going to touch the um, marijuana registry which I had heard that it never did um, because it's still a federal um, hiccup if you have a uh, medical card for marijuana because of the, the, the federal statute. Um, but here in Colorado, it gets pretty tricky. And quick disclaimer, the federal does only if you are habitually addicted to a mind-altering substance, not just if you smoke one or twice. That's interesting. See, I, I didn't know that. 
Right. Um, so cops can't smoke at all, ever. Uh, not supposed to. Supposed to. <laughs> <clears throat> I never did. I never did. And that's a, another whole freaking other story. Um, came from my dad. But that the background checks are supposed to be kind of seamless and smooth. But with the amount of that are that's coming on board or trying to come on board and just purchase guns in the state of Colorado, <clears throat> overload the system again. So, yeah. That's yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It's 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 funny because like we're we're seeing this like just in time problem everywhere. It's not just stores that are having trouble with the just in time inventory. It's also the people's mindset where they're, they're expecting to be able to buy the gun when they need to instead of beforehand. Right. So, um, one more thing I want to get into, and I think this is really where your expertise is. Um, I've noticed people are getting a little bit better with this because I think everyone's a little on edge, but with smartphones coming out being more common, you know, the situational awareness of some people is like beyond lacking. Like, <laughs> Have you seen the video of the guy walking down and texting and all of a sudden the bear walks out from around the front of the house? I have. And the bear, on, the, on, the, on the camera, the bear's like, you can read the body language of the bear like, are you I, I think the bear is afraid of them because <laughs> they, were, they were so confident. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the bear's like, seriously, like, are you stupid? And the guy looks up and runs the other way. And then he's like, okay, that's back to normal. <laughs> all right. Um... Okay, so I, I don't know if you've noticed this too, but I've seen people are um, much less glued to their phones recently. And like, at first I right. thought maybe it was because they're in this heightened state of awareness, but I think what it really is that um, they're stuck at home now and they're missing the human contact, so they're appreciating it more. So, oh, yeah. Very um, much so, very much so. Yeah, I've talked to some other people, um, both sides, top, bottom, left, and right. Um, even to my father, I talked to him. And he's like, it's kind of like the way it was when it was in the late 60s, early 70s. You know, people are out talking to each other. They know their yeah. neighbors, learning, they're learning who their neighbors are, at least know your name. <laughs> um, you know, I just, you know, you said you listened to Nick's podcast the other day. Mm -hmm. You know, he finally met his neighbor. And he's like, they've been there six months. Wow. So. That's, yeah, that's frightening. Um, I, but I mean, I, I know, I know my neighbors just because, again, the law enforcement stuff um, and not really the neighborhood watch program. Um, but just, I want to know who's around me, uh, yeah. type thing. So I, I know all of them anyway. Yeah. I, I think it's important to know your neighbors. I think it's there's some, uh, I don't have to stand in front of you, but there's like a direct correlation between people that know their neighbors' names and, um, the likelihood of crime happening in your neighborhood because people oh, yeah. are looking out for one another. Um, so you know that, um, oh. do, you, do you ever use next door, nextdoor.com? I do. I'm not a big fan of it just because okay. Bitch fest. Yeah, that's that's kind of my experience with it. Yeah, I used I used to live in a very suburban neighborhood, and uh, it, it was just more entertainment than anything. But oh, um, it's kind of like the the localized Twitter. <laughs> so that's exactly what it is. I, I'm, yeah, I, I I get on it for the laughs, but um, it's a decent way to get to know your neighbors if you don't know them yet. Sure. Right now, since you're kind of stuck in your house, I think people especially older people, they're, they're afraid of contact. So I, I, I've seen a lot of the older people wearing masks and stuff, but, right. um, but back to the situational awareness, like what, what are, what are some ways people can work on this? Cause I, I don't know if people are just oblivious to this or if they're just, they don't care. Um, so when I get new guys uh, on special teams or we're doing something else or I'm teaching a, um, a surveillance class, um, my kicker, 
or the, I guess it's the, the bait to get someone out of their shell to actually observe things and be able to yeah. articulate them is play a game. Either play a game with um, yourself or to see how, you know, how, how high points you can score. You know, hey, um, you know, try to figure out what hand someone is. Are they right-handed, left-handed? Okay. Um, because you have to observe and you have to look for the details and you have to look for this type of stuff. Um, you know, um, what was the other one? Left-handed, right-handed. Um, are they are they a open mouth chewer, which I despise as those types of, of, of bad habits. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, I used to um, when I was going to dinner with some like someone new or whatever. Um, I, I would ask them what color the eyes of the waiter or the waitress were after they walked by and already ordered her drinks, and I, no one's paying attention. And that's that was more of a um, that wasn't so much about situational awareness, but it applies. That was more about do you um, pay attention to somebody that might be perceived as beneath you or whatever. Right. So. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, well, I mean, you had Jack on your show uh, one time. Yeah. Uh, him and his girl, they do the are they fucking show, you know, the game <laughs> type thing. <laughs> so, but, but watching how people interact. Um, yeah. People people watching, uh, but for situational awareness, you know, as well. You know who's in your bubble, who's in your immediate bubble, who's in your your yeah. you know the, the different layers. Um, but again, making eye, eye contact with people is is nice, and then follow with a little smirk or a smile, not a flirt, but you know just a hey, hi, how you doing? It's a nice day. Yeah. Um, type of interaction, even though it's nonverbal, and see to feel, um, and again to um, have a tactile articulable response to feel their energy you know once you smile at them what happens you do they feel do you feel them lowering their guard I'm not trying to say that you're gonna you know something bad's gonna happen but um those all create those benchmarks for you personally to gauge your own situational awareness and observation skills and just keep improving them as you go on yeah i like those those are fun They'll, they'll help, um, you know, it, they'll help with you uh, negotiation skills. They'll help with you interpersonal skills. Um, and it just, it, it snowballs pretty fast and you can use it uh, in a lot of situations. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. The, the ones that really bug me are, are like people walking down the street with their phone on. Um, you know, I think everyone's seen somebody walking with their phone out and then they like either run into a person or a pole. I mean, people don't, they aren't paying attention. Um, and the other thing is, uh, it's like such a trope in movies, but like when the girl's like fumbling for her keys and she's like getting into her car when she's running away oh, from yeah. the monster or the, whatever, like, you know, I don't, I don't think it's so hard to, um, you know, have your key ready by the time you get to the door. It's not like it's surprising that you need your key to unlock your car. So, uh, mild things like that just bug the hell out of me. Oh, <laughs> All right. I always so, kind of, I don't whisper, I don't whisper it, but I say it kind of in a normal conversational tone of someone's walking past on their phone. They got, and you know, they got their head up their butt, you know, spider or spider. <laughs> snake to see if they like freak out and kind of look down, but, you know, what, what did I miss type thing? Or, you know, <laughs> but again, that's, I, I won't say I'm an asshole, but it, to me, it's hilarious. It is hilarious. It's it's good practice. You're kind of like helping them become a little bit more aware of what's going on. So I think that's big. Yeah. Um, okay. So what else are, um, what can people do who are stuck at home and they can't work? Like 
what's your advice to to these guys? I I'm seeing a lot of um, especially with like um, the I guess the boomer generation. Everyone keeps blasting the millennials, but I'm seeing them going out for all these unnecessary trips and and just you know is this thing really something serious that we need to be like hunkering down Could we consult our trips better you know what can we be doing better there's something we can be doing better um stuck at home do something better um oh crap um well planning your trips ahead of time yeah i mean it helps it helps your car too always pick the furthest distance locations you have stop at go there first um that's smart you know, mechanic me- mechanically in your car it'll you know, improve your gas mileage because then you're not doing the stop and go stuff um <laughs> come back and forth uh, um you know if you got to work from home um if they get to you know telecommute uh or remote work uh, follow your company's procedures your telecommuting uh, procedures to the T uh, there's a reason for it. Um, I'm not that huge of a computer um, tech person, sure. um, but I was shown one time how I can, you know, jump into someone's, um, you know, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth type thing, even from yeah. my own laptop, which I'm on right now. Um, you know, use your VPNs if you are um, doing work work and it's kind of sensitive. Um, yeah. You know, don't don't shortcut anything, any of the the, the countermeasures that your company has in place. Yeah. Um, other than that, um, shoot. Don't share passwords. Um, don't, yeah, so. don't share passwords. But, I mean, but again, don't don't fall don't fall into the complacency even at home. Um, right. You know, if you if you work from home, you know, get up, shower, wash your ass, eat, um, put on your work clothes. That means you're still at home. Yeah, it will trigger your mind, your mind to maintain the work routine. Um, you know, if you are telecommuting or, or whatever else, and you're in a team, you know, still, you know, still do your banter through the chat or through Zoom or Skype, you yeah. know, to maintain that know, normalcy. But it, yeah. again, um, people miss that peer to peer connection. So, um, oh, yeah, of course, of course. But yeah, still work out, do something. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I've been working at home for five years now, I think something like that. And you're right. Getting up and having that routine's huge. Um, I got, I got this from Will Smith and I am legend where he talked about how he had to like get in the mindset of somebody that's living alone all the time. And, uh, you know, routine is everything. So even though, um, I don't have a boss telling me what to do every day, I wake up and almost every day I wake up and I work out. I watch a little bit of uh, CNBC or either the Joe Rogan podcast, something like that. And then um, I take a shower. Like you said, I put my work clothes on and then I start writing or working on whatever project I'm working on. And I mean, if you don't have that routine, the days kind of start blending in together. You start wasting time. I'm I'm seeing a a lot of people are struggling with this whole idea of like being stuck at home and they can do whatever they want. You know, um, I think people that follow us on Twitter are a little bit more aggressive in, in getting um, some, some form of a routine going, even when they don't need to, but there's a lot of people out there that are going to use this, this time to do nothing but like catch up on their favorite shows, you know, and why that, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they'll always why? be there. Why? <laughs> I mean, okay. So, so we, we have, um, I have one TV in the house. It's yeah. not hooked to cable. It's not hooked to satellite. It's hooked to, 
an Xbox, I don't game at all. Um, my kids, I, I allow them to play Minecraft and sure. a couple of little more creative games. Um, it's hooked up to our Amazon for Amazon Prime and the Amazon shows. Um, I allow, my wife and I allow the kids to have like one movie every two days. Yeah, um, it's perfect. Other than that, yeah, other than that, there's the screen time is limited. Um, you know, even my father, you know, he's got Netflix and Amazon Prime or whatever else, but he's like, he's like, hey, you need to watch a show. And he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. You're still working. I'm like, <laughs> he goes, this is for retired guys. And I was like, <laughs> but he, again, but he only watches shows when he can't get to the golf range or the golf course with his buddies or they can't, you know, if it's bad weather where he lives and he can't get outside. You know, uh, right now they're watching a crap load of shows because yeah. of this shelter in place stuff. Plus, my mom had complete knee replacement surgery five weeks ago today. Um, so, you know, there's, they're kind of stuck in the house. Yeah. Um, you know, he's being her, her helper assistant person. Um, but that's why they're watching shows. Yeah, I get you. Um, yeah, I got the same thing with my parents where they'll, they'll tell me like, why don't you start watching the show? I'm like, look, I'm, I'm 32 years old. I'm kind of like in the, the core of my, I got, I got little kids running around, you know, I, I, gotta, I gotta make a living. Like I'll do the stuff when I get older. I don't get me wrong. I'll watch a little bit here and there. But yeah. I, I, these people that say like they're running out of stuff to watch on Netflix. I'm like, how? Like, I've got this list of stuff to watch. I'm never going to get through them. You know? Uh, okay. So you're, so, so you're early thirties. So a while yeah. back, um, what was it? When someone said that uh, Al Gore invented the internet, (laughs) all those mimes mimes first started coming before they were called mimes. You know, I reached the end of the internet. Now what? You know, (laughs) it it boggles my mind. It does. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people. I keep saying that this um, this whole quarantine thing is going to create the greatest divide between like the creators and the consumers that we've ever seen because everyone's going to double down like people that have a, a really important mission whatever that is their job um maybe they're writing a book whatever they're, they're going to like spend all this extra time working on that stuff while some of these other people are going to be gaming and you know i've already like heard reports of xbox live's been down like multiple times because so many people <laughs> are clogging the, the networks so you know this is uh the problems we face in a first, first world country our xbox goes down and toilet paper runs out <laughs> oh i know i know oh well but yeah um and it cracks me up too everyone keeps i mean i, I know you drop it because it, it, it's just what's in the news right now this is not quarantine this is so yeah. far from a true quarantine it's, i don't it's think like a recommended quarantine oh well, yeah, it's just shelter at home. I mean, it's a yeah. it, it's different terminology, but it means similar things to certain people. But if this was a true quarantine, right, there would there would be um, civil unrest because I don't well, think anybody would handle it. Yeah, I mean, this country's so big. Like, there's no way that the national guard, the police, anything, you can't shut it all down. And that's that's got to be like, that's why they're not talking about it, right? And they and they wouldn't because everyone's got families. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, when I was it, when I was when I was into a task force with um, another three-letter federal agency, we quickly—I say quickly—it took about four months to actually get all the numbers and, and crunch the project and the and the theory together, whatever else. And even if there would be a you know door-to-door confiscation or not just a confiscation of firearms, but just like a um, enforcement action on each individual citizen, right? If one if one person in a hundred 
fought back. Um, there would not be enough badges or uniforms in the, in the country wow. uh, that would handle it after about two months. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I used to be that kind of guy that was like worried about that, you know, back, back when all those conspiracy sites were like talking about how like the, the postal office is buying up all these bullets, why are they doing it? FEMA's got confidence, all that nonsense. But then I started thinking rationally, like you were saying, I'm like, it's just, it's physically not like armies can't do it. They, they've talked about like trying to invade America. Like, you can't right. actually conquer the people. What about yeah. like, is it possible? I know that they could theoretically do this, but is it even likely that they would quarantine, say like New York city being an Island? It's much more feasible to actually lock down Manhattan. Well, you, I guess you call, you called it out in a movie you watched. <laughs> How possible really is it? What would have to happen? I mean, now, get, don't get me wrong. When I was a kid, I loved Batman. So yeah. Batman um, but um, when the group, um, the Shadow League or whatever it was, and Bane, they looked, took down Manhattan. Yeah. The I Shadows, am legend. Yeah. When, it, when they took down Manhattan, what had to happen? What, ha what was physically needed oh, for it to I happen? Mean, they blew up the bridges in I Am Legend, I think. They did. Same thing yeah. in Batman. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, got, you have to, you have, because people, um, again, when you fully understand the capacities for a desperate person, especially, again, it's not the same as a desperate American, the, right. the unlimitless possibilities that we would do to another or others to break out of that confinement um, are just insurmountable. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think, um, if anything, you probably lead to some kind of like riots and then you're going to have more people congregating in the street. So uh, the shelter in place makes sense, you know, cause you're, you're kind of getting the effect that you want and you're limiting engagement. Um, is that kind of the idea that's going on right now with the, the police? Just it's the just limiting engagement. It's just yeah. limiting engagement. It's just, it's really, it's, it's, they're trying to slow Cause I mean, technically, you know, once a virus or anything plague um, get going, yeah, truly, we can't stop it. And the only way they they were able to stop the Spanish flu and and um, you know polio was really to um, generationally cut it out. You know, you do your time marker at a certain generation. Everyone born after this gets the shot, no matter how I don't. You know, really, who the hell, you get to, you get the shot, and you have to time out the other group. Wow, so they just kind of like lost like a, a certain percentage of the age group wow yeah again um without um being too doomsdayy or whatever else that's what it would would uh, come to but yeah. in this day and age of of the social media tool um not the fake news not the other crap um i think right. they're doing it right now too film your hospital go by and take pictures and video of the hospitals and see how empty they are that's it that's that social media used as a true tool because it's not no one's putting their objective bs uneducated you know spin on it they're just taking pictures of the hospital is it full yes or no now you're allowing people to make their own judgment calls okay there's so much misinformation the one thing that was kind of interesting to me was um i started seeing these pictures of uh, the grocery stores getting emptied out right Right. So I, I had a decent amount of stuff, but I went and I wanted to restock on a couple items I missed the first time. So I went out and um, 
I noticed that it was pretty easy to take your foam and frame empty shelves. But then, like, if you move the phone over, you start seeing yeah. this other food. Like, oh, yeah, we're all out of Tostitos, but you can buy Cheetos. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious, too, because I know, and there's so many twists and turns on that, too. Um, yeah, because I went to Sam's what, a week ago, two weeks ago now. Um, and they were, there was one whole row or aisle that yeah. they were out of almost everything. But if you take out the COVID coronavirus frantic stuff and you think about what season it is, it was their seasonal aisle. They already sold out of all the other crap. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, move your head from your ass. There's an ungodly amount of food in this country. I don't think people understand that. Um, there, there is some like logistics issues that that is real, but it just means you're gonna like not be able to find like maybe almonds will disappear or like ground beef's been hard to find where I'm at, but you can find pork. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I think people need to calm down and just take a breath and relax, and you know maybe it's more fiber in your diet, so you don't need so much toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and a lot of the American beef industry actually gets shipped overseas. Yeah. Yeah, I know, um, like Smithfield, like the biggest hog um, producers in the country, they're owned by the Chinese now. So I don't, I don't know exactly what happens, but it's funny. Like American produced um, beef or whatever, it can be processed overseas as long as the cows and pigs are grown here. They'll still put the uh, Made in America label on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just weird, weird logistics. I don't know. I everyone always forgets. So it's like after nine eleven, everyone was really adamant about having the borders closed down and all this stuff that 20 years later completely forget what whatever effect that had on you is completely gone so i'm sure the same will happen with this too but i I feel like there will be at least a shift for another decade or two where we'll kind of move back to the local idea where instead of sending stuff to china and back i i think china and us are going to divorce i I think economically we're not going to be using them as much as say i don't know india um mexico i think mexican manufacturing could be a big replacement for china and they're right there why not it's cheap uh, i have a cousin i have a cousin who lives in mexico um went to university got his degree structural engineering something like that and he actually worked for tesla really so his wow. company there in mexico makes uh, he tried to explain to me what part it was it's not like a whole car right but they make certain whatever part and they make a ton of them um so yeah but he he already traveled the globe because of his job in tesla um for conferences and some other stuff like that um his english is i would say horrible but it's (laughs) it's it's bad um and my spanish isn't the best so like our conversation probably took 30 minutes probably could have done in five minutes but um (laughs) but he, he cracks me up love him to death he's family um loves american metal i mean like death metal and and so that's awesome when he so when he travels for work, he tries to coincide it with certain metal bands. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, no. Um, the 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 Mexican manufacturing um, will kick up, which would I would you know as an economist um, and being a law enforcement uh, background too, I would start seeing more of a push for. I don't want to just blatantly say it. Ah, I don't give a shit. Um, more military contractors being farmed out to other governments to help clean up their shit. Yeah, that's been a long time coming, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, Is that something that's feasible then? Or is that just like, uh, would it be like a protection thing? Or would it actually be like search and destroy where you're actually going to go after these guys? 
you know, Depends. that's hard to say because that's yeah. hard to say because the money flows so high up in the bureaucracy there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've been, I've been following big it. Money. Yeah. Big money. Yeah. And, and then there's always, you know, the political embarrassment of like a Mexican government doesn't want the American military to start rolling in. Cause then right. you'll probably never get them out. <laughs> no, we wouldn't. No, probably not. I mean, because, because the American military, because the American military, um, brain or whatever else is as soon as you gain ground you never give it up yeah yeah exactly yeah and, and i don't know how much hard feelings they have it's like oh, the western third of the country was once mexico so you know that mexican-american war may have been 150 years ago but i'm sure there's some history lessons down there that have stuck with them uh, yeah so, there is there is yeah um no, that's interesting um well what do you think about we keep getting this date pushback. So it was Easter. Now it's April 30th. I mean, is that, is there even a possibility we hit April 30th and things start opening back up? No, I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't believe it either. I know some people are saying that China solved it and it lasted three months in China. I'm like, I, don't, I don't think it's done. I mean, they're cooking the books over there, right? Well, all the, all the journalists in, in China are now not there no more. Yeah, I'm not saying out. they're dead. No, no, they're not dead. They're just, they're not there. They kicked them out, right? So oh, yeah. all the, is that just American or is that just everyone that's not a Chinese journalist? There you go. Okay. All right. <laughs> Do you, can you talk much about like the whole, like the great firewall of China and, and the way they control the media over there? Cause it's very different than what we do. Uh, I would, I would compare it to, would you believe the BBC if they were more pro-government than citizen? Yeah. Yeah. Because the BBC is still controlled by the government. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty wild. It's hard to keep up with everything. Um you know, there's, there's days where I wake up and I, and I start thinking this, this virus is going to be a big deal and it's going to, you know, wipe out millions of people across the globe. Then there's other days where I start wondering if it's overblown and things can control. But it, it is but, weird seeing, um, I forget the name of it, that, that um, Navy hospital rolling into New York Harbor. That's quite a sight. Oh, yeah, they are. They're huge. Um, the, again, I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not you know, currently, um, involved exactly with the Medicare or medical, um, industry right now. Right. But from what I hear from, from friends, and again, it's for, to me, calling me a friend, it's, it's pretty, um, trustworthy. The, the, the deaths won't be exactly from the coronavirus or COVID-19 itself. Um, it might be a segue into something else, um, causing failures and okay. our system failures, across wherever else. And again, um, you know, people are comparing this to numbers of the influenza, you know, influenza A, B, or C, and the death, the, the death tolls aren't the same. Um, the flu is bad, bad, bad shit, you know, cause it changes every freaking year. Just like the, the common cold is never, it's never common cause it changes and mutates every single year. Really? Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Common colds, a, a bull crap name for it. Huh. But, um, yeah. But the, um, what I would, I guess, find reassurance in is that this um, 
COVID-19, the coronavirus, it's a big deal, lethality-wise, not such a big deal, but it is going to change. I was telling my, my own kids this. It's changing everything right now. You're seeing pivot in the world yeah. cultures from now on. Um, you know, theoretically, um, TSA screens for terrorists and, and violence for else. I would, I would theoretically assume, and again, assumptions, I hate doing assumptions, but I would assume that from once this is held onto and it doesn't grow like it would, and tests are more rapidly screenable with, with positive results, um, you know, 99 and, or 95 and higher percent accuracy, um, I would see um, that medical screenings, whether it be breath or spit or a quick, um, you know, swipe, um, screen for contagious viruses. I mean, can the airline industry even handle this kind of, because like, I think the security theater they put on after 9-11 almost broke some airlines. I don't know if they can handle any more. Well, you're thinking, so the airline industry, no, because it won't touch them, but you have to get through the airport, which is controlled by the government okay. to get to the airline. So just be another tax levied on us all, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's like this, the 1200 bucks everybody's going to get, you know, we're going to end up paying like 10 grand in taxes over the next seven years anyway. Yeah. So. so yeah, right now you walk through the screener, you walk through the little body scanner, you, the dogs running by, they do a swab. I get swabbed every time I go through. Really? Every single time. Oh yeah. And I'm like, Hey, there's gun residue. Or oh, one okay. time I was like, you know, Hey, I, I just got done teaching this class and we were doing, you know, explosive breaching. And he's like, what? Seriously? I'm like, no, here's, here's my credentials. He's like, well, still we got to get Swabia and, and uh, you know all you know all the fun stuff. Uh, um, luckily, I say luckily, God, I guess God give me a little X. You know, I never got searched. You know, yeah. fun. but <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I got the bona fides. I got my, you know, you know, here's our class picture. And it, you know, this was for real. We did this. Um, yeah. That stuff doesn't wash off. It's, you got to wear it off. Yeah. Now um, oh, I know. Yeah, even through gloves, but um. You know, we're we're already dealing with that. And I'm not a big fan of TSA. You know, don't get me wrong. Me either. Um, but I, I I do I would assume that will be one of the other measures put on that agency to protect American interests. Yeah, I can see that. What about like um, lack of a better word, like the right to assemble? I mean, are they going to start saying that aside from a sporting event or whatever, you're not allowed to have this many group of people in the same place? Is, is that a potential change? Um, so I'm going to ask, I'm going to answer your question with a question. Sure. Do you remember back in the 90s and the late 80s when HIV and AIDS really hit America? A little bit. I was a kid. Okay. I know of it. So they really started hitting, you know, houses of ill repute, hooker houses, yeah. you know brothels yeah. type stuff um they really started hitting and attacking not attacking that's not even the right word um targeting. monitoring targeting um large known homosexual gatherings yeah um and that was under public national interests to prevent the spread of you know hiv back then yeah this reminds me a little bit of the the AIDS epidemic and that it's this unknown virus that's going to, you know, wipe out the world and, until it's not. 
you know, at some point it becomes manageable or curable or whatever. I do remember like the HIV uh, or the uh, Magic Johnson rule um, or as a kid getting cut in basketball or whatever, you have to put a bandaid on, you have to go, you know, sit out for a minute. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's probably going to be some, um, I, I think this might, it's already, I guess it's already kind of started happening, but I think this might be the normalcy or the beginning of normalcy of wearing masks in public and uh, um, gloves. If you can find them. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised um, every time there's some kind of an outbreak, you know, the media loves to play this up, right? So swine right. flu is going to be the end of the world, then Ebola, and then Zika, and all this shit. And now they finally got one that kind of scared people. So I think whatever the next thing is, COVID-20 or whatever, you know, people are going to get out in front of it. They're going to think this is going to be the big one. So, Well, I mean, even when, even when the, the anthrax and the male scare was going on. I could have figured that one out, you know. Like I, I get the scare um, that anthrax could kill you, but it wasn't contagious. And I wasn't a politician. I didn't work at the post office, so it just it never really got to me. Um, but I was also a dumb teenager. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then uh, last, let's see, what was it? One of the agencies I worked at when that was going on, we had two of those scares. Um, of course, we also had some letter bombs going through that area too. Um, yeah. But we had, uh, it was, you know, oh my God, you know, get your shot, carry your, you know, your EpiPens. For all those guys who have the, or had the, the, the knowledge and the skills, they would give us all our quick, you know, um, rapid response shots. Um, right. In our, so we could carry in our IFAC kits. But it was, again, it comes and goes because, yeah. like you said earlier, people are going to forget. Um, and then again, um, when someone actually, you know, uninverts their cranial rectal inversion, and then they start scaring other people, well, you know, oh, hey, that went to the mail. Where did your mail come from? It could have caught, you know, cross-contaminated even before, even though you're not a threat, you might be collateral damage. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, did again, they, ever, it, they ever saw the anthrax? Did they ever find out who was sending those? Oh uh, yeah, all kinds of people were. It was a lot of people. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, was and, it, and, was you it know, terrorists? I can't remember now. Well, terrorists or just domestic terrorists or just people who are yeah. trying to get attention or people who are just <laughs> trying to, to, to copycat. Nothing you changes. Know, a bunch of those copycat. And, and Anthrax really isn't even that hard to get a hold of. Yeah. Now, I think you posted it on, on Twitter that somebody like was um, targeting a hospital or something with a bomb. And, uh... So, yeah, some guy down, uh, I want to say Missouri, but I'm not exactly sure right now. Yeah. Um, you know, he's conspiracy theorist, Tim Hat guy, maybe from what, how I read it, the, the two articles I read, which I think they probably spun it a little bit, but I think yeah, it's easy to do. Yeah. You know, mad at the government, mad at the deal, you know, yeah. you know, the, your coronavirus hoax bull crap and we'll blow up a hospital. Um, you know, they dropped him, but again, when he started procuring certain materials, it triggered, it triggered the, you know, Hey, we gotta go talk to this guy. And of course, he showed his ass when the FBI showed up and they had to shoot him. You know. Yeah, that's pretty wild. So it's always it's always somebody seeking attention for that. Yeah, that's a mess. Yeah. What about what about the media? Is the media um, overplaying? The, the, here, here's one thing that bugs me that the media has been doing, especially on Twitter. Um, have you have you noticed that when they talk about say uh, Italy's cases went up? 
um, 700 cases to 110,000, where what they mean is it went from 99,300 to 100,000. But when you read it, it's like, holy shit, they went up how much? Because your eyes kind of play a trick on you, and that has to oh, be yeah, intentional. I've seen a bunch of them doing that. Of course. The media since, what, the 70s? No. I would say since the 50s having nothing but, you know, drama seeking because, you know, negative stories, scare stories sell. Yeah. You know, oh, it's, uh, the one guy told me, or I got in a discussion uh, with a guy the other day. He's like, well, you know, how are they making money? It's on the internet. It's free. And I'm like, they're still making money, man. You, you're not understanding the full concept of of mass media, how they make money. Right, know? right. Yeah, they don't understand the whole you know, trying to generate clicks, then it leads to them creating, um, you know, these outrage stories. And I mean, it's, it's funny, some of these like really outrageous stories that you hear about, if you just read the story, you realize that they took a really egregious headline on a pretty mundane, normal story. Oh yeah. You know, but people don't it, read. I didn't realize how, I'll say bad it was getting, but how, how much I call it out verbally, even here at the yeah. home. Now my kids, when they're looking on the internet, they're like, oh, that's clickbait. And I'm like, oh, shit, I get too much. <laughs> You know, it's gonna teach them though. It's clickbait. Oh yeah, it's clickbait. Well, I guess I'm teaching them better, but you know. Um, I mean, when I grew up, you know, my parents would watch like Fox News like almost every night, and you know, <laughs> they were always like, "No, this is the good one." If you put on CNN, they're a bunch of liars. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And then I got older, and I started kind of wising up, and around the term, time of like fake news becoming a big deal, I'm like, "Oh, it's all fake." It is all fake. Yeah, what was that? What was that movie? Uh, um, Wag the dog's tail or Wag, Wag the tail. dog? Yeah, it's been a while. I need to watch that again. <laughs> Someone tweeted about that the other day and said it's the exact same story now, just replace the virus for the war. Yeah, <laughs> it is, and it, it's always been that way. Yeah, yeah. Crisis. What they let's say it's like crisis reaction response or whatever yeah. or opportunity. Yeah. So there's yeah. always. I'm, I'm interested to see what will happen. Um, in response to this, uh, the one thing that I thought might happen is a Patriot Act for healthcare, where they'll pass like Patriot Care and like oh, can't vote yeah. that down, right? So everyone gets universal oh. health care, and it sounds like a good thing, and everyone's really primed up for it right now. Yeah, what, what you don't see is like the backdoor deals, all the you know insurance companies are somehow going to profit off this like way oh, better yeah. than they should. So, yeah, and they got well, close to pushing that. Yeah, I'm actually spending more of my time looking for what's not being covered. That's a good point. The one one thing that's interesting, and I don't, <laughs> I haven't brought this up in a tweet. The Hong Kong protests are silent. They're gone. I know. Right? So They're not. I've also seen, and I'm, I'm very cautious to even say this, but um, I, I've seen rumors that maybe the older um, Muslim minorities down in China, they may have been targeted pretty hardcore by the Chinese Communist Party. So... I don't think anyone will ever know the truth to that until maybe 10, 20 years ago, but it wouldn't be unprecedented for China to do something like that. No, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. Um, I know there's some developing stuff going on in Africa right now on the Southern side, um, just because of direct linkage um, to people who I I know uh, who are working down there. Really? Oh yeah. And they're like, how how, you didn't hear about this yet? And I'm like, coronavirus man i said it it's, just ate up the news and he goes so this, hard 
Yeah, I, I know people like to talk about George Orwell in 1984, but it's, it's more Aldous Huxley's Brave New World where there's so much information out there, you can't find the signal through the noise. Right, yeah. That's a good point. Um, I think about that a lot, but I haven't really been thinking too much about what's not being covered. You know, especially when a story like this happens. So. Oh, yeah. And then I, I was talking to an older gentleman, older military guy that I know. Um, and he's like, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, an X, a large number of um, lower caste system uh, populace in India die. What about like the homeless in America? That's always a, a popular conspiracy yeah. theory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's not, not that they're not that they're being tested on. He just, just he goes, I would probably see class warfare maybe pop there first than anywhere else in India. Oh yeah, it seems like India has been like way behind on this virus. Like maybe they're just not testing it as much down there. But um, as dense as their population is, I would have thought they'd have more problems with this. Or is it that they don't travel as much as like Western society in China? That I don't. I didn't. I that part of the world's not in my, my wheelhouse. Sure. So yeah. I, I can't, I can't say either way. No, that's fair. That's about as much as I know about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what's not being covered. Can you go into what's going on in the Southern part of Africa? That's a I can't. Spot for I can't. Yeah, no, I, I can't. I mean, I, I know it's in their local news. So if anybody were to, I, and I'm not a big fan of Google. Um, I like DuckDuckGo. But if anyone were to search like those local um, news source outlets there, you might see it more. I'm starting to put some pieces together here. Actually, now that I think about it. So maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's again, interesting. For this, yeah, for this stuff here, you know, I, I truly don't believe or see or even um, for myself fear civil unrest stateside. No, uh, because because of the coronavirus, coronavirus itself, um, if something were to happen, like Nick and I were talking about the other day, you know, it would be because it would be an ignition, ignition point past all the tensions and stress of being, you know, sheltered in place, locked at home. Um, if something right. were, were to shift or hit a certain populace pretty hard, uh, whether it be the welfare checks not hit you, the EBT, the food stamps, um, or something like that. And again, like I was telling Nick too, I said kind of like the tension that built up right before Ferguson, Missouri popped, you know, and those racial tensions hit, yeah. there was a catalyst that hit that. And then that ignition point just kind of backdrafted and blew up huge. Yeah. There was, there was a decade of um, all sorts of like corruption that was going on there before. Um, was it Michael Brown? Is that right? Yeah. It's been a while. I forget. Um, yeah. yeah. I think, I think the same could be said with the stock market and the current economic impact we're seeing. You know, people were saying like, oh man, this, this virus completely wrecked the, the markets. And like, you start looking into like these debt bubbles that were building up and it's really easy to ignore that stuff because you want the line to keep moving higher. But I know companies like uh, the Cheesecake Factory not paying their rent. When I hear that, you know, it makes me think, I'm guessing their balance sheet wasn't look so hot. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah, and I think there'll be some other casualties. I'd be surprised if J.C. Penney and uh, Macy's survives this. Um, I don't know. The world's gonna look different after this thing. You know, I, like, I like I told, like you know, I mentioned to you that I talked to my girls. I go, the world's changed from right now. 
in you know five, ten, ten, you know, fifteen years, well, it's going to be your normal. To me, it's still going to be a you know certain point. Yes. Which I have a lot of those certain points in my yes. life. Yes. Yeah. So have you um, noticed that some of the younger people, like Nick and other guys about that age, like they're they're not quite aware of how it's going to change? Because like I was old enough to remember the world pre nine eleven, and I remember the world after nine eleven. I know the difference, and I think people from that age and older like they recognize that this is another one of those events um shit, the airline ceo i think it was for united or delta he was saying that for them this is worse than 9-11 he goes the airline oh, shut yeah. down for three days after 9-11 we don't yeah. know when we're gonna open back up like we're open but like exactly. we don't we don't know when people are gonna get back on the planes oh yeah yeah and what so, i don't say it's funny it's coincidence i also don't believe in coincidence too because of my faith um right but i had a friend i had a friend who you know i i know through twitter and and um, my speaking engagement at 21 con. Um, he actually came out and saw me for the weekend um, right before the state and everybody else started really, you know, shutting down and, or sheltering in place where else. And, and um, he was going to go skiing the next day. Um, and I was like, you might not want to, or just figure it out. Yeah. Um, it, I was, was going to take him to two events here locally, but they were closed. Um, so we figured out something else to do. Um, but yeah, he texted me the next morning. He was like, Hey, the resort's just closed. I'm going to go home a day early. And, uh, he texted me when he got to the DIA to fly back. And he's like, man, it's like in at the airport at one o'clock in the morning, it's noon. He's like, there's no one here. And I think on his flight back to Maryland, I forgot what he said. He goes, maybe 20 people on the plane. Wow. That's so, crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've known people that cancel spring break and I think that was the right thing to do. Especially yeah. once the bars and restaurants started closing down, like why go down there anyway? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I know. I know. Not the right time. I got, I got lucky. Um, I went down when it was kind of just starting, but I mean, I was really just visiting um, some family and friends down there. But those last couple of days, I was getting nervous. I'm like, what if they shut down interstate travel? Like, I don't think they could, but they might shut down like the interstates. I thought that was going to happen. I'm kind of surprised it hasn't. I didn't think they would say you can't go from state to state, but I thought like, yeah. you know, like they would shut down like the interstates. Right. That, yeah. They could do that, right? That wouldn't be that hard. No. Well, uh, maybe in the. No, because Colorado, Kansas, Nebraska do it for snowstorms. They'll do those. They'll drop yeah. the bars down. Yeah. Iowa, Minnesota does that. Um, actually, so, yeah. here they have those for um, fog. I've yeah. never, I've never seen them shut, but they do supposedly do it. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, either yeah, that or you just awesome. put a couple of concrete barriers at each one of the exits. I mean, it's not impossible. And all you gotta do is you don't have to necessarily <laughs> hit every. I know, right? but you don't have to hit every on and off ramp. I mean, if you just did like at the the border crossings. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. What um so after nine eleven we had like the big security theater change and uh, all that. What what else do you think is going to change? Um, I'm starting to wonder if the movie industry might take a big hit. Like I think, I think movie theaters are going to start shutting down. You're going to see more straight to video, um, or straight to streaming. It would depend upon how. For one, the United States Health Department or each different state, but they all answer to the Surgeon General, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, depending upon how and what guidelines they say or do. Okay. Now, you have two different thoughts or, or, or um, groups with this. You have your, your regulators, your Department of Health, the government, um, how they do with the WHO, um, 
and what they say, because that's where all businesses go to and listen to. Whether you have, and then you have your other group, who I guess you would call the American group of, you know, because we're all renegade. We're all renegades. <laughs> you're American, you're a freaking renegade. Yeah. Um, go, it's not that bad. Look, you know, the hospitals aren't used. People really aren't dying like you guys say they are. Da, 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 da. And they're going to go, well, we want to go to fuck a movie. Yeah. You know? And, but then the movie theaters go, we, we love you guys' you know, patronage. We love your money. We love your revenue. But the people who say we can stay in business say, don't do this. And you're going to get an economical clash. Okay. Yeah. I think you're right. So with that, then you'll start seeing this again. I'll put my tinfoil hat on. This might be the catalyst that helps drain the swamp due to elections and recalls. And there you go. All right. Since we're doing the tinfoil hat, <laughs> I've been quietly saying this for a while now, but I'm wondering what are the odds they postpone the election, the presidential election? I myself, I guess now it's two people, but myself and another a friend of mine who is deaf and he's a ninja and he sells cigars. Um, is this a comic book character or an actual person? No, no, no. He's, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. You know, I, 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 well, I don't, I don't say his name a whole lot, but um, <laughs> you know, you pretty much know who he is. He's oh, I do know who it is. Yeah. There you go. Um, him and I have talked about this before, <laughs> you know, even after the first election. Um, we're at the first election. Yeah, 2016. Yeah, we talked right. about it after that. Uh, I can't remember if it was on the podcast or if it was just him and I or if it was down in Florida. Um, but I'm like, you know, he goes, what if something were to happen? I go, it would have to be freaking worldwide for that to happen. And I, I don't think it would be done. It would be done reluctantly yeah. um, on President Trump's part and even his cabinet. Um, but if they deem it necessary to suspend the election, it will truly be um, necessary for something that they see, but yeah. that they will not, would not, should not, and can't declare publicly because the American populace right now, um, you know, the, the quick um, movie script or line in Men in Black One, you know, a person is smart and can handle knowing this shit but people are stupid and dangerous yeah yeah i think so you're right i mean for 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 someone to take that elected role and not receive a salary because he doesn't really need it um no. to to suspend our republics our our constitutional republics law um and order of business will have to be something very heavy, right? but needed as well, whether we the people want it or not. I see the repercussions that you're thinking, and they make a lot of sense, and I've thought about it too, but it's, it's hard to imagine a world where we have the coronavirus still, and I'll get into this in a second, and, and still have the election on the exact date. Now, I, I think it will most likely get solved by then to some extent. But when you start thinking about these campaign rallies and how many people show up to them and then the voting polls, I've never been to one of these things where there's not like literally hundreds of people in one building. 
well, yeah, and then with all the mass gatherings. Yeah, and with all the social media threats from the yeah. far left to I'm gonna yeah. get infected, I'm gonna go bioterrorism, which is what it is legally, um, infect as many right wingers as possible. <laughs> they even say all this. Oh, I've been saying that a while. Um, but yeah, it's again back to my background. Um, right. You know, I, I used to hunt people like that um, for pay. Again, not hunt like I'm hunting people, but with a badge. You know, right. I'm hunting yeah. them to apprehend them and, and take them to see the judge and da da. But for you're, people, you're basically actually, the Rock and Fast and the Furious. Yeah. So. <laughs> but uh that's what that was one of my tasks we we hunted we chased down we tracked people who weren't always just bioterrorists but true true terrorists um and we would make sure all our dots um all our i's were dotted all our t's were crossed you know make sure the ink was dry before we took it to a judge um but these people were i want to say dumb um but were so arrogant that they didn't think they would be caught and they would actually do their threats on video um, through social media and emails, um, letters, journals. Um, one guy we caught, I actually couldn't believe it. I was, I kind of thought it was a, a, a BS, um, um, you know, he- head shake, a head, uh, a head fade. Um, Cause he actually put his plan on paper and then threw it away we did a trash pull and i'm like are you bullshit this is he's trying to head you know you know psych us out make us look a different direction but he was that arrogant that he thought um his cause was just was just and don't get me wrong everyone has their own just rationale and their own ideology but you know you don't kill people to make sure your your idea gets out there if you want to change people's mind and change people's mind you don't kill them because they don't like it well, it's not even the most effective way, really, if you're a halfway intelligent person. You know, I always say that um, <laughs> if uh, if the Unabomber had been born, you know, 20 years later, he probably would have sent out tweets and started a newsletter instead of uh, bombs, you know, because he could have reached oh, yeah. more people. You know, but oh, yeah. back then, it, he couldn't get his book published. Um, but right. now he's self-publishing, right? Um, yeah. Okay. So let's say these people that are, like, living in the cities and stuff, especially hotspots new york florida washington california should they be thinking about like bugging out some other locations i one thing i'm noticing is all these like doomsday terms are getting popular now no state shelter in place shelter in place um uh, i was telling nick again this goes back nick's nick and my conversation goes back shit a month and a half yeah um bugging out is a last resort it's never a first option um yeah i agree no i I, um i I got into the whole like uh survival um culture i guess i I just thought it was kind of fascinating and one thing i noticed in it was there was a lot of blog posts talking about bugging out and making a bug out bag and all this stuff it's kind of sexy it's fun to think about being like you know mad max um whatever his name is um but but if you actually like read them almost every one of those articles says like, this is a last resort thing. Cause you're basically giving up everything that you own, your house, the place that you know, like, why would you do it? Right. That, being, that being said, I do um, have a bug out bag in my car, but it's not really a bug out bag. It's more of like, it's I a still, get home bag. 
Yeah, exactly. It's a get home bag. Get home bag. So more often than not, really for me, it's been I spilled coffee on my pants. I got a change in there. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, And I had I had another podcast yesterday with Jeremy Fox, and which will get released next Monday. Um, But yeah, I I teach get home, get home bags. Yeah. Um, I think that's smart. Well, because and again, it goes back to my 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 biblical worldview. You know. Your house, your place, whether it's a house, a townhome, an apartment, a condo, a houseboat, whatever else, you have responsibilities there. Not to the physical structure, but your wife, your kids, your girlfriend, your dogs. dog. Um, again, I'll quickly back up. You know, you shouldn't be living with your girlfriend. You should get married. But, um, but you have responsibility to what is in your kingdom that God entrusted to you. If you bug out, I'm not saying that you just abandon your responsibility, but your kingdom, you know, everything that's in there, you know, everything around there, you know, your neighbors, which is your neighboring kingdoms, you know, what is right there. You know, what is normal. And I say normal going from a profiling standpoint, a situational awareness standpoint, um, and I'll quickly drop a book, Left of Bang. Yes. Um, it's a military book. It's a handbook that was devised, especially when we hit Afghanistan. Um, read it, understand it. If you don't know what the fuck he's talking about, you can DM me or anybody else at the vet. Guaranteed, yeah. you, you'll mention it and they'll go, oh, yeah. And you'll go, you'll ask. I didn't understand this concept. And, of course, if they're right there, they might smack the shit out of you and go, here you go, dumbass. But Left of Bang. Read it. There you go. Um, but you have your kingdom, you know, you know, everything, you know, your resources that are right there. If you bug out, you take your kingdom, you make it shrink. Then you just made your, your kingdom mobile. And in the moment you hit somebody else's neighboring kingdoms and you're a stranger, a foreigner, you're now a, uh, not a threat, but you're a target. Yeah. Because it goes back to this, my one statement. And I say it, I, I'll probably say it till I die too. Um, you either are an asset or you have assets and people like me who have a screwed up moral compass, I'm not saying I have people that are like me and their compass is screwed up. You know, we're going to take your shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that brings up an interesting point. I was just thinking about too. Um, some of these, some of these people that are proud of their supplies or their guns or their ammo, or whatever, they talk too much about it. You know, they think that <laughs> by saying that they've got this great arsenal, that they're this big, scary wolf that everyone's afraid of, but people aren't seeing the big, scary wolf. They're seeing a wolf pelt. They're going to go out there and go after your shit. And they're probably going to do it when you're not there. So it's not about being a badass, just OPSEC, right? You know, practice a little bit of operational security and don't tell everyone that you're stockpiling food, toilet paper. Yeah. Right, shit, toilet paper might be worth more than cash by the end of this quantitative easing. Uh-huh. And, uh, I'm just kidding. If your wife, if your wife bought you a 72 inch screen, flat screen TV <laughs> for Christmas, did you put that box outside on the front yard? Yeah, exactly. You burn you know, it. <laughs> well, cut it so, up really small, make it fit in the can. There you go. <laughs> dispose of it, uh, right? Yeah, like it's like yeah, a body. It correctly. Yeah, get rid of it correctly. Don't advertise what you yeah. got. Yeah, um, so my, my 37-inch TV is broken. There's a black line right through the middle of it for some reason. So come steal that if you want to. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> but yeah, it, it don't, don't advertise what you have. Don't talk about what you have. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, besides inside your, your inner circle, um, type thing, you're, you know, if you have a men's group, which is small yeah. and local, the men's groups who are online, 
I'm, you know, good for you guys. I'm, I'm proud of you guys. I don't do that. Um, and it's not because I'm, I'm better than you or go wrong. You know, men need camaraderie, men yeah. need camaraderie who are li with like-minded individuals. And, and for me of the same faith, uh, and of the same, uh, mindset, but those guys can't help you if, if, you know, she hits a fan or if you really need help right then and there, you know, yeah. um, or if the internet goes out, I mean, we take oh, it for yeah, granted. Hunter, but... Hunter, yeah. Hunter Drew's a friend of mine, but he's on the <clears> fucking country. Yeah. You know, something would happen. I can't go, Hey Hunter, get your ass over here. Oh, fuck. I'll be there in like four days. <laughs> right. Or if I first, if he needs my help, I can't get there, you know, have a group that's, that's super close. Yeah. Um, no, he's, it's good that's for moral good. support, but not, not physical. Yeah. yeah. And again, if you're going to do a Bible study, truly it's, 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 it's better to have the physical interactions face to face to talk about, yeah. you know, Bible theories and principles and, and Jesus's lessons um, and how they can apply to your life in that certain moment in time. Yeah. Um, sorry, I went down a rabbit hole in my head. Um, no, that's good. I, I don't mind. I've got yeah. ADD, so I, I can't focus on the same things either. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I think yeah, that brings up an interesting a, point. Yeah. Having having a group of people to, to be accountable, even online, in person, whatever. Um, one thing I've been making a real big effort on, and I'm starting to kind of communicate this more, is okay. uh, checking in on everybody. You know, I've been I've been calling up my friends, um, my family, it's like with people being stuck in their houses. You know, they're starting to get a little down. I know some people are really struggling with depression right now. You know, oh, they are. And, and this is yeah. not making it any easier. Um, <laughs> Another thing, I another lesson from 9-11. There's a lot of lessons from 9-11 that are very like relevant today. It'd be a good post. Um, turn the news off once in a while. I mean, it's, oh it's, yeah, unplug, it's, unplug, unplug from the fake news crap or just the negative stuff. It's overwhelming. Um, I'm I'm terrible because I I said I tend to stay on my phone a little longer than I should. But I'm trying to spend like my Sundays like away from the phone. Or I'll, I'll check it a couple of times, but I'm not scrolling. I'm not reading the news. I'm just try to get outside, hang out with the family. It's, it's a good time to kind of reset. My wife this morning, she, she called me out on it to, um, not a negative thing. She just called, she's like, Hey, it's kind of funny. I said, what's that babe? And she's like, well, when you click on open Twitter, you do maybe 10 finger swipes and then you like turn it off. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, cause it's all the fire. I'm like, where are these guys? I thought, again, I have friends on Twitter, uh, personal friends. I mean, they can call me and text me yeah. also like that directly. Um, but holy crap, you know, you guys are on, not you, but, you know, right. You guys are on Twitter all the fucking time. Holy shit. Get out. Where's your life? <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. They, they, um, a lot of people struggle with it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and then, um, you know, Jeremy Fox is a licensed therapist, uh, you know, Adam Smith, he's a friend of mine. Um, yeah. I just talked to him the, the other day, you know, he's a therapist. Um, there's somebody else too. I can't remember right now. Brain fart. Um, but they have, they have tools yeah, it might cost or yeah, it's an email list, but they have some tools for people who are actually having issues with being in one location and they can't go out because their, their career or job is not considered critical to the government, but it is to their life. And that's a lot of stress. Yeah. Um, if you're having trouble, you know, reach out. Trust me, there are people who, even if you've never contacted or made contact with them before, who are willing to help. Um, you know, I'm not a therapist. If you need a bitch vent, gripe, complain, whatever else, my DMs are open. Um, Nick's are, are as well. He says it in his videos, you know, we're all in this together. My DMs are open. I think Hunter did it too. Um, yeah. Adam's got a book out. 
to help with anger and certain things else. Um, Jeremy's, um, you know, I can't remember if his book's out or not. Um, I might not be able to talk about that. But anyways, um, people are, are, are willing to help if, you, if, if you've never contacted them before. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't answer every DM, but my DMs are open and, and I, I tend to read almost every one. Um, right. I, I don't answer highs. I don't answer, can I ask you a question? Like, first off, you just did. But, but yeah, yeah. If, if I get a legit, um, I need help with this, I, I try to answer them. And, and it may seem like I'm blowing you off, but sometimes my best answer is like, hey, I wrote about this here. You should go read it. It's not I'm trying to just blow you off. It's just that's a better response than you're going to get from me spending two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was trying to look up Jeremy Fox's. I don't know if his book's that or not. We'll look that up later. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, I got think... a weird DM last week. <laughs> was it a guy telling you that he can get you verified? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, this one was a girl. All the profile picture was, was just the cleavage. Yeah. Yeah. And was, she's like, how big are you on the ruler? And I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show my wife. I'm like, delete that shit. I mean, I'll be honest. Half the reason I keep my DMs are open because I want to help people. That's the whole reason why I created this account because I, when I was struggling through my divorce and all the issues I was dealing with and, and it was like that big red pill moment where like the world was kind of falling apart. I, I needed help, but it wasn't really a good resource. So I'm trying to kind of create that for other men. The other half of the reason is those crazy DMs like that one that you just got because some of them are pretty entertaining. Oh, yeah. I was like, holy shit. I show my wife and she's like, that's funny. Bleak, you know. I, I had one. I have it saved somewhere, but I had one where this guy went on this really, really long um, DM. It was a giant paragraph. And oh, it started yeah. out like, so I'm having some trouble with my girlfriend. I could use your advice. And it started out very normal. And then like, he got about a third of the way down and he's like, so my thetans aren't high enough. And the Scientology church that I'm in is starting to say that, and it just, it got weirder and weirder. And by the end of it, I could tell you it's just fucking with me. But I mean, it, it got to the point where as I talk about like aliens were stealing his underwear or something like that. It was amazing. It was one of my favorite nice. tweets. Yeah, so nice. <laughs> That's funny. There's some uh, good shit out there. Um, no, I got, you'll see it on the weekends. I kind of let loose a little bit. I, I think we need a little levity. I think people are getting down and they're getting beaten up and it just we need people oh, yeah. asking how you are in the ruler. <laughs> ah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's so. funny too, because I mean uh, you know, I get I don't get sideways, but I get um I'll stop arguing or actually I'm gonna argue. I just stop uh, getting sucked into it when other guys yeah. like, Oh yeah. No, my wife is my best friend too. Because but it's biblical. It stays in that biblical realm of the relationship. Um, my first marriage, I got divorced, you know, shit that sucks. Um, yeah. I had a preacher, a preacher friend of mine tell me too, you know, Hey, divorce is war. Divorce with kids is nuclear war, you know, <laughs> but he wasn't, he wasn't doing the, the biblical guilt thing. He was just like, be prepared. Um, that's a good line. It's, well, it's not mine. Don't quote me. It's not mine. Um, <laughs> but again, he was just warning me and letting me know to be truly prepared for what was coming. Um, and it did. Um, and he was ex-military too. And so when I questioned him about it and he's like, he goes, Oh no, no, he goes, I'm just telling you, you know, you know, get your CBN suit, suit ready. Cause you know, you should get divorced. You know, she wasn't good for me. Chemical but, uh, biological nuclear weapon suit. Oh, yeah. I've always heard uh, NBC and never heard CBN. So when you first said that earlier, yeah. I didn't know what that was. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, oh. yeah. The new stuff. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> TV and I'm, yeah. I, I show my age sometimes by accident. Um, <laughs> That's the um, perks of being bald. It's hard to tell how old you are. Oh, well, no, I, gotta, I need to oh, cut it again, too. I'm the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, you know, I started the uh, Swift stuff to, you know, start trying to figure out how to help and stuff like that. And then I just really stopped dancing around certain things and just be myself. Um, and it, it I, I know it does scare people, certain people, because I'm very, very direct. I, I don't play fight. I, I go straight for the throat all the time. I think it's refreshing. Um, yeah. And I don't back down from conflict, but again, yeah. I don't have a lot of conflict because my basis and foundation is all biblical. So if you're, you're really not arguing with me, you're arguing with God and you know, good luck with that. But, um, sure. um, it, some of it's just my, my perspective and some of it's just my experiences. Um, you know, it worked for me. It might not work for you, but I'll tell you how it worked for me. Um, so yeah, divorce sucks. Um, still glad I did it. Um, I remarried um, last time ever because I really wasn't. I planned on not getting married again. I think um, most people go but through I met her and, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, you say that. I have some other friends who are, are ex-Special Forces or Special Forces still, and they're like, yeah, my next wife. And I'm like, you're not divorced yet. <laughs> you know, this is number four. And he's like, well, when I get married again, I'm like, ah, you know what? Stop. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they do it. I get people to get married again. I don't know how you do like three or four times. Like at some point, you just call uncle. I mean, shit. Well, they're never. He's never. He's never home. I mean, shit. He's. I think yeah. he's stateside maybe four or five times at a time. I, I don't know how anybody that's either special forces or even even cops. I don't know how they get married. You know, I, I got a brother who's a cop, and it's like almost every one of the guys he works with has been divorced or is getting divorced. I know it sucks, including him. It's, so it's horrible. Yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> yep. All right, let's. Um, we've been talking about an hour and a half. I mean, I'll go a little longer if you want, but I think you're probably about ready to wrap this up here. Yeah. All right. All right. That That's sounds fun. good. So, all right. I, I think we've hammered a lot of interesting ideas. Um, any advice to people that we've that we've missed? Any, anything you want to touch on? I didn't ask you. Um. There are ways. Um, I, I guess to give peace of mind, there's always certain things you should think about, whether it be hardening your house, um, boosting your own situational awareness, um, obtain and perfect and maintain training with um, tools for self-defense if you so choose um, and if it's legal in your area, because certain, air, certain states or, or also locations you know, you can't have a handgun. Um, uh, you can DM me or listen to some of the other podcasts I've been on. Um, they go into depth. I go into depth. And, um, you know, don't allow the biggest weapon against humanity to take a hold of you and take over your priorities in life, which is fear. Um, you know, the devil uses fear to... Um, distract us from relationships um, in marriage. Um, even as a parent, uh, the fear can distract and, and take away from your relationships there. And also it can, um, you know, captivate your entire life where you don't have your, the full abundant life that is promised to you. If you allow fear to do that, 
but again, that doesn't mean to just live, you know, haphazardly. You know, you can take certain things and gain certain knowledge and gain certain skills, which will make your life um, less fearful because you are knowledgeable and comfortable with a certain response to a threat in your life if it presents itself. I like that. That's good. I got one more question I thought of right before, <laughs> right before we close sure. this out. Um, where did the name Praetorian Swift come from? Um, now you're the second person in the last three years that finally asked the whole question. Um, so Swift uh, was a moniker or a nickname given to me um, from a um, friend of mine who was and still is, uh, you know, tip of the spear military-wise. Um, again, I'm not the fastest, um, but to him, when he gave me this, you know, hey, you're fucking Swift, um, it kind of, uh, you know, I felt kind of, you know, a little feather in my own cap um, while remaining humble, because again, you know, I'm not the fastest, uh, but I, I can hold my own. Um, and my competition scores, you know, show that too. But to get that from him, you know, to say I'm swift and accurate and precise, it was, you know, it showed that I finally achieved the level I wanted to since I was a kid, um, yeah. you know, carrying a handgun. Um, and then Praetorian was um, when I was first asked to um, provide um, executive protection for a, a book author you know, after a certain time, he goes, Hey, you should probably get up, you know, you have a lot to say, you know, you should get on Twitter and start writing and, and, and helping out whatever else. And he's like, but you need to come up with a pen name. I'm like, well, you know, Swift. He's like, no, it's something better than just Swift. And, um, so I reached out to an older, um, friend of mine who I actually provided dignitary protection for a couple of years ago. Um, and he, you know, he thought about it. Um, he chewed on it for a little bit while we were talking and he goes, well, you, you know, you helped me, um, help guide me in my, in my duties and my job um, and helping, you know, cover some, you know, bills and um, some other speeches to give them to the floor. Um, you know, kind of like the Praetorian guard. And he's like, yeah. how about Praetorian Swift? I was like, fuck yeah, there it is. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Praetorians were the, uh, the Roman bodyguards, right? Of the emperor. Their own yeah. bodyguards who actually m mentored or provided that, that, that masculine, camaraderie um you know because when you have um a certain person in certain levels of government they have to have somebody who can give you know un, um, uh, unbiased answers to if they were wow. to ask a question to so they're kind of like uh like the mafia's conciliaries that's really oh, interesting yeah. like a counselor that's yeah. fascinating okay i i always i wondered if that was the connection on that but i've never knew i've been following you for a long time actually probably longer than that got my account um, cause I've been on Twitter before this account. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's really interesting. So. Oh yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy asked me the other day. I was like, you're the first person that's ever asked that. <laughs> so. That's funny. Yeah. I think the names are interesting. I, I think people don't, um, put enough value in what your name, what your brand is. It's something you're hearing constantly. So you want right. to, want a good one. And some people don't put any oh, yeah. effort into it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, cause I know, I know I'm not the sharpest tool in the box, but I'm also not the, the dullest either. Um, and you know, sometimes I speak a lot and I have, or speak weird or I have some certain pauses like that. Um, but it, you know, it, it goes deep, a whole lot wow. deeper. You My application of law and, oh yeah, law, criminal law, civil law. Um, yeah. 
and even governmental procedures. I, th I think everyone's got something that they're more knowledgeable at than whoever they're talking to, almost without a doubt. Like, you can find the dumbest person you know, and there's something that person knows more than you. You know, everyone's oh, got yeah. something they can share. So, no, you you taught me a lot. It's been a good talk. Um, I hope people got what they wanted out of this. So I hope you got what you wanted out of this. Oh, yeah, just to get some information out there and, and help yeah. ease people's fears. Because, again, um, f from my um, theological standpoint, that's the biggest weapon that can be used against man right now in this digital age, um, social media age, um, is fear. And, yeah. and the, our, our, avatar, our adversary uses fear to disrupt and um, relationships whether it be again from your spouse, uh, girlfriend, friends as well, um, job, kids, everything. And actually, even if you are alone, you know, the fear, if you allow fear to truly just to, to, you know, engulf you, you know, it will prevent you from obtaining that full and abundant life that's promised to us uh, under the free gift of grace. I like that. Let's end with that. All right, Mr. Swift. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I had a great time talking with you, for real. Oh, awesome. Um, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you. Um, I know it's Praetorian Swift on Twitter. PraetorianSwift.com. If you don't know how to spell it, just Google it, duck, duck, go it, whatever else it'll get to it. Um, <laughs> Swift, I've got uh, there. The website's just a landing page to an email list. Uh, Twitter, uh, I'm on Instagram as well, Mr. underscore SWFT. For Instagram, I've got the YouTube channel, which I'm during part putting more videos on soon. Um, and that's it so far. Uh, my course, my courses um, are kind of all on hold now with the shelter in place countrywide. Other than that, um, you know, firearms, edge weapons, um, some other uh, fight classes I'm working on um, to come out. Um, working on a book a workout book to uh, coincide with Adam's um, Adam Smith's uh, Gideon Ira series. So other than that, that's pretty much what I'm working on right now. You're a busy man. I try. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. Um, for real. All right. So Praetorian Swift, P-R-A-E-T-O-R-I-A-N Swift. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, sir. All right, I'm Ryan Feldman with Pat Manus, signing off. If you enjoyed this episode of the Pat Manus podcast, be sure to write us a review. That way we can reach more men that are lost and need direction in their life. And if you feel that you are lost and you need direction in your life, or you simply are looking for brotherhood, a sense of belonging, a place where you can be a man, a traditional man, and be around other men who are motivated and working to build something themselves. Check out patreon.com slash to gain access to the private Discord server where you can connect with other highly motivated individuals. 